When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Rum Muncher Radio, Nick Caparoso and Trey Yannity with you breaking down the draft today. This episode is going to be a little bit different than what you're used to. We usually talk for a little bit, but today we're going to be short and sweet and get you right to the action. It was the number one overall pick for the Pittsburgh Pirates today. Nick, we talked about it just a couple days ago. We had our show drop this morning on it. We thought it was going to be maybe one or two guys. There's a third name into, into play. Jack Leiter, Marcelo Meyer, Jordan Lawler. And then a fourth name started to sneak into the picture, and especially right when we got up on that 7 p.m. draft time, we started to hear this name a lot. Henry Davis out of Louisville, first baseman catcher. Pirates are going to try to make him into a catcher. That's what, what they took him as. Number one overall, your initial reaction, break this down. What do Pirates fans need to know, and how do they need to feel right now? Yeah, so, I mean, I think like many of us, it caught me off guard at first, but you know, like we were talking about before the show, me and Trey here, um, we are discussing it among our Rumbunner chat, you know, okay, so 10 minutes out, what are we looking at? And, you know, there was a feeling uh, among a former writer of ours that that's still involved with us a lot, um, that, that Davis was going to be the pick at one, him or Mayer. And, you know, it, it made sense. Davis is you know, he fan graphs, number two ranked prospect, key falls, number one ranked prospect, um, just in general looked at as probably the most advanced college bat. So it made sense, but it didn't make sense because that's really just not the name we've heard. And, you know, there's many angles that we can talk about there, but what, what I'm trying to say is like, I really was waiting. I figured it was going to be Marcelo Mayer. I didn't know, you know, if it was a slam dunk, but even just as the draft got closer, it just, it really felt like to me, he was going to be the pick. Um, you know, I have some scenarios in my head that I've played out as to why he wasn't the pick that we'll definitely talk about, but overall understand this, the Pittsburgh pirates got the best college hitter in the draft power hitter, especially whether he catches or not, they're not, they're drafting the bat. And when I say that it's not, like this guy is going to be a legit hitter. Like he is every part of, you know, a potential number three, number four, number five hitter in your future lineup, um, probably rather quickly. And, you know, quite honestly, there's, there's some knocks on him right now. And I just don't understand why, because it's not like they, they didn't Daniel Moscos this. They didn't Tony Sanchez this. Like he was, like I said, number two on Fangraphs. Keith Law's number one guy. He was in the top five on Pipeline and Baseball America as well. It, was, it wasn't a reach. Like I'm sure, like I said, there's a lot more that went on behind the scenes to this. 
uh, that I would like to talk about at some point. But, you know, for now, just understand we got a very good power hitter. Whether he stays behind the plate, it sounds like that's the plan. If he doesn't, he has the capability to probably play a corner infield spot, maybe right field. But also, you know, uh, just with the DH coming in the potential future, rosters getting a little more expanded, potential electronic strike zones. You know, how much do you need a catcher, catcher first over, a, you know, just another g- good ball player behind the plate? If he can just be a very good ball player behind a plate with some of the future changes on the horizon, um, you know, then it definitely makes even more sense. Oh, I mean, it's, you know, you think about it, Nick, we're going to be talking in December and, you know, there's probably going to be a universal DH. He could be your guy in that spot. He could be your first baseman at times. He's going to be your catcher, uh, you know, for the future here. The Pirates take him at number one overall. And like you said, this wasn't that much of a reach. Everybody's initial reaction, well, you know, who's this guy? Why isn't it Jack Leiter? You know, why isn't it a guy we've heard about for months and weeks now? has been there. It's just not the direction we were expecting. Like, it's not the direction it sounded. You didn't hear, oh, the – the Pirates really like Davis. You didn't hear that. You heard the Pirates like the high school shortstop crop. You heard that the Pirates are probably steering away from Rocker and Lighter. So, like, you heard that stuff. You didn't hear the Pirates connected to Davis. And I do wonder how much of that is Ben Charrington, this front office. You know, it, was it on purpose? Are they Were they trying to kind of send mixed signals just so for – I mean, they have the biggest draft allotment for this draft. That pick tomorrow – or today, whenever we get this posted, <laughs> at that pick yeah. at 37. Um, you know, they're going to be able to get a quality guy there, and that, that, that's all part of the strategy. Um, the Pirates aren't saving money. They're going to spend that money. They're just saving money on that first pick to use elsewhere. It's not like the Neil Huntington use elsewhere, you know, so we can sign position flexibility. No, like they're, they're going to use that money effectively elsewhere. You know, and that that leads to my next question, you know, how much did that weigh into this? Because that was, you know, I I got texts from a lot of people about this pick and a lot of people's narrative was, you know, oh, well, they wanted to get him under slot. You know, they wanted this, that, whatever. How much did the money come into play with this number one pick? You know, as of now, unless I'm missing something. I was going to say, we don't know the contract, but, you know, probably going to get a discount Um, on it. Right. It's sounding like, you know, the the uh, initial report was like $2 million. If they could save $2 million, that would put him in between pick three and four in value. So that actually could make sense. That wouldn't be that big of a stretch, but so let's, let's just think they save one to 2 million. Um, Yeah. They'll be able to use that at pick 37. And now you're talking about a pick that's worth like, you know, 1.9 million. Now all of a sudden it's worth, almost $3 million. So you can be really aggressive with that right now. We're watching the draft and it's very creative. You can see which teams are trying to do that. The Kansas city Royals, they've done this a lot the last few years. That's how they ended up with Jackson Coar and Brady Singer in the competitive balance round a couple years ago uh, was because they, they kind of, they saved money on that first pick while still believing they were getting an elite talent. So for the pirates, this is what I'm envisioning is that, you you had Davis, maybe Lawler, Mayer, maybe Lighter, right? 
and whoever else they were really considering in that conversation. But let's just say those four guys, right? And yeah. they probably said, hey, we, we have a same grade on all of you guys. And you look at fan graphs, like they have a same grade on all of them, right? They got like a 50 future value. Okay, there's not much separating them. So in Ben Charrington, Steve Sanders, okay, Frank Dalakari, in their eyes, they're looking at it and saying, we, we believe you guys are all similar upside players. You know, yeah, you're going to be different players, but obviously that future value term means something to the organization. That means that they're going to be a productive player in their role. So when they're looking at that, hey, we believe all four of you are equivalent because this year we didn't have one, right? We didn't have Strasburg. We didn't have Bryce Harper, okay? They're going to basically say, we're going to take whoever one of you is going to take the least amount of money. And it's not because they're being cheap. It's because they're they're trying to be strategic. It's because they're looking at four players who, just like everyone knows in a major league baseball draft, they're wild cards, man. And they probably have similar grades on all these guys, just like every other organization does. And they're hoping that the guy that they lock in on is going to work out. And it sounds like they were really locked in on Davis and Mayer. And it probably came down to Davis was willing to take less money. And that doesn't mean that the Pirates are being cheaper or Davis is a worse player than Mayer or Mayer is a better player than Davis. It just means that they saw two players who they felt like were, were worthy of the first overall pick. And that was their tiebreaker. And Davis is in a situation coming out of college that he can take a little less because he's pumped to – be the number one pick and still going to get paid more money than he probably thought at this time last year. Yeah. And I'm really glad you put it like that, Nick, because you know, the, the reaction is going to be, well, they, they took this guy under slot just so they could save some money. They took the cheap route. That's not what's going on here. The way this draft works, they're going to have so much more availability with that number 37, that number 64. And, you know, I, I see it on your face. Nick. It just doesn't go like that, especially this year. It wasn't, like, exactly. if you paid attention, like, there's a reason why we are talking about someone new at number one, you know, every two months. Because <laughs> every week. It just and, – and that's the issue here is, like, I I don't like the initial reaction of not liking the pick. I'm not – like I said, I'm not in love with the pick. I'm not like, yeah, like, we just got – like, I need to see a lot from him yet. But I understand what they're doing here. And I understand that they still are getting a guy who's considered to be a quality player. I mean, do we are we not considering him quality around Pittsburgh area because we just haven't heard his name a lot? Like, exactly because he wasn't in all the mockups for the last you know week or so. And you know that that leads me to Jack Leiter because he was different. You know, this was a guy that had really established himself as potentially the number one pick for a long time, and you know maybe that's the guy that you spend that money on, and you know you you lose some strategy there. What are your thoughts on the Pirates not drafting Jack Leiter? What do you think it ultimately came down to there? And, um, you know, how do you see his career playing out? He's going to Texas now. Yeah, I mean, I think Jack Leiter, it was a similar thing um, to what I was saying with the other two. Jack Leiter may, may very well have been in that conversation with Mayer and Davis, but Leiter's in a spot that he's the best pitcher in the draft. So he's going to get the money he wants. He's going to be able to find a team that's going to be willing to give him that, that money. The pirates first overall pick was worth $8.4 million. Okay. Then from there, it kind of drops like 500 K. 
um, into the sevens. So lighter saying to a team, if you can give me $8 million, cause the pirates are asking me to take less than that, then like I'll sign with you. And the Texas Rangers are saying, okay, like we just have to figure out how to go a little over slot. It's not that much. So for them, it's pretty easy, right? They'll take a college player with the next pick who is kind of in a spot, you know, projected around that pick, doesn't have a lot of negotiating power. They'll save that money on him and they'll be all square. The Pirates, they were looking at lighter. Like I said, they're they're weighing that future value. They're weighing that risk also. We've talked about pitchers, their elbows just in general. Are they playing as much as position players? Are they worth investing as much? You can see, again, this year, pitchers are just kind of being – hitters seem like they're being pushed more up the draft board while pitchers seem like they're coming down the draft board. And I think that's why we saw them take Davis over lighter, I think, Ben Charrington believes in getting elite hitters early in the draft. We saw it last year with Nick Gonzalez. Yeah, I'm a little mad at myself for not seeing this Davis thing earlier because I do talk about this a lot. Hey, you but, had it still. I mean, sure, you talked about it in mock draft one. I, I know, but I mean, you know, I the, the high school shortstop thing didn't make sense to me because it didn't match Ben Charrington. Right. And that's why Jack Leiter didn't make, make yes. sense to me either because it didn't really match what Charrington does. He looks for college hitters early in the draft and maybe a college pitcher if, like, you know, that's the best player on the board. Um, like last year, it was looking if Hancock would have been there instead of Gonzalez, he was probably going to take Hancock because he would have been a, a steal at that point. You know, so in that case, he has straight, but. Yeah, college hitters, man. So, like, Davis makes sense for Charrington. You know, he doesn't want that first pick to bust. He doesn't want Jack Leiter to have to get Tommy John surgery, and now we don't know what his career might look like. He doesn't want Jack Leiter to get to the organization and, like, hey, like, he's he. there's nowhere – there's no step forward for him to take. Like, he is what he is, and you know what? He might end up in the bullpen, whatever. For the Texas Rangers, it's a great, it's a risky pick for them, but it's a great pick for them. You're talking about, you know, you're getting the top pitcher in the draft, obviously. Um, you're going to an organization that isn't just desperate need of prospect talent. Like, I, and I know, like, from the Pirates, like, we, we were like that. And now, we just, just to clarify, we have the top ranked farm system by fan graphs in the okay. National League. Okay, oh, so, top one now. So, yeah. Oh, in the the I got you. I got and then number three overall, we're behind yeah. Tampa Bay, who obviously we're modeling, right? We're trying to at least in some capacity. And number two is Toronto, where Ben Charrington, Steve Sanders came from. So that's what I mean. You got to – Texas isn't there yet, and they're looking to get premium prospects because they do not have a lot down there. They have Cole Wynn, who looked very good in the Futures game, but um, after that, they – They've spent a lot of years with a lot of big money veteran contracts that they couldn't move. So they were kind of in a tough spot to rebuild. And so that's what they're starting to do. And Jack Leiter is a great first piece to have. I do worry for Jack a little bit. I mean, Texas overall, their history of developing pitching hasn't been great recently. You know, you talk about the Pirates, but like, Texas isn't built for pitching either. So that that's my – I am a little concerned for him down there. I do like him going to a warm-weather state, though. I think that allows him to play uh, up to his potential a little more, you know, from day one. I think in a cold-weather state, it would take him a little more to get going. But, yeah, 
I think for the Rangers, you're you're excited. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a great pick. And any team that ended up with Jack Leiter was going to be happy. We talked about that before we got on here. You know, as a fan, that that probably would have been the most exciting thing to see. If today. the Pirates would have took Jack Leiter, I mean, I wouldn't have been upset. You know, I mean, yeah. I didn't. This is where some people, I think, get us wrong sometimes, especially me. Like, it's tough separating sometimes when, you know, I've been writing about the Pirates since 2014 now. So it's sometimes tough separating that fan and that writer. But, like, for me, I've really learned how to. And a lot of when I'm talking on the website and on the podcast, I'm not talking as a fan. I'm trying to talk like if I was in Ben Charrington's shoes. And I know, like, I am not – nearly as smart as any of those people. And that's why I'm on here and not there, but I'm just saying like, I'm looking, I'm trying to be realistic about it and I'm trying to understand where they're coming from and make sense of it. I'm not necessarily like, like, yeah, Jack Leiter, I would have been so excited. Like you said, I would, I mean, sure. But I understand why they weren't looking at him. You know, I understand the the money thing. I understand the, the pitcher risk thing. Like it's just, you know, we're trying to be better trying to do what we did, trying to do better than what Neil Huntington did. And Neil Huntington probably would have took Jack Leiter. I, I think that's, that's very fair I to say, and, you know, it, it's, and it's at a point now to where you can after be realistic. Like Speaking of former, former, uh, oh, Neil Huntington, right? next Gunner, Gunner Hogland just got drafted by, there we go, yeah. uh, <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. You know, he's projected to get 3.36 million. Tommy John guy was supposed to be a top 10 pick. So I, I think going to Toronto, it's a, a really good uh, fit for him as well. Just an organization that, like we just said, number two farm system in baseball right now. Um, you know, a place where he can go and there's not a ton of pressure on him to get back and perform right away. Yeah, I think that's a great fit. At number 19, too, that's solid. Like you said, 3.6 million. Yeah, just great value there for, for, you know, both parties. And you you talk about this first round, and we'll talk about this, Nick, and we'll close it out with a timetable on Henry Davis and, you know, what we expect him to look like in Pittsburgh. But, uh, you know, you talk about this first round as a whole. It's been kind of a weird board. It's not been complete madness by any means, but the Pirates set off a little a little time bomb at the top of it. You see Jordan Lawler move all the way down to six. Um, you know, Kumar, yeah. we projected him at 10. He goes there. Brady House falls out of the top 10. One guy, though, Khalil Watson, moves all the way down to 16. That was a little bit, um, you know, different there. We can kind of talk about that a little bit. Uh, you know, Andrew Painter, some of these guys, it's been a different board so far. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I do want to talk about that because this board is going to have a huge play on the Pirates draft going forward. Okay, so like you said, we we set the tone right off the bat at one by taking Davis. We've already spoken about how we're expected to save some money there. Um, so, yeah, we, we're going to save a chunk of money there. I think Mayer we would have saved some money on. I, I do. I just think that Davis was willing to take probably far more or less. Um, you know, hopefully if we can get that $2 million that they were reporting, that'd be awesome because – like I said, you, you can see a little bit of a trickle down. You see Mayer ends up going four. He went from one to four. That's three slots. You get Lawler out of the top five. You get Kumar, who, like we said, was close to falling out of the top ten. The Mets make a lot of sense, by the way, for Kumar. Um, they've been very aggressive, especially um, getting those pitchers uh, the last couple years. And I think it's a good fit for him to go. Uh, you know, once again, you're, you're looking at an organization that, 
I think Kumar will fit into nicely. You know, I think he going into the Mets, he has a chance to really um, to shine in New York, and I think it just fits his personality. And I know they're excited to have him too. So, like, you know, the good reaction overall. So, I think it's a really nice spot for him to land. Yeah, I was worried that he was going to end up with the Angels. I, I I think he has a much better chance to succeed coming up through the Mets. We've seen what they can do with some of these pitchers. So. Yeah. That's I'm excited for his opportunity um, there. And plus, you know, future pirate, most likely once they trade him to us for whatever they need, you know, at whatever deadline. And then exactly, so the, yeah. <laughs> the biggest, the, <laughs> the biggest curveball, and I mentioned this earlier already was Frank uh, Mazzucato. The Royals took him seventh overall obviously a pre-draft deal was worked out with him because he's ranked number 39 by mlb pipeline number 29 by fan graphs you know he was a guy that i was kind of hoping okay maybe we pre pre-draft workout deal for to get him at 37 you know i know that he has an up arrow he's been a dominant lefty he's uh he had like i think two or three straight no hitters or something like that you know so he, he's got a lot of talent he's just like any other high school pitcher uh, when you start to get into that, those middle picks. So I think the Royals are looking at that. They're going to take him, kid they like, kid they're going to be all signed. They have a competitive balance, A. Um, Weird about Andrew Actually, Tater. they do not. They do not. But they do have the oh. second largest bonus pool, I believe, in the draft. The Royals do, if not one of the top ones. So they're going to be able to get aggressive. And like I said, they've done it in the past. Um, go ahead. What were you going to say, bud? No, you're all good. Um, you're just kind of talking about the rest of this first round. And like you're talking about the Royals there, that's one of those teams talking about the top of the show. They're strategizing this thing out correctly. That's what the Pirates are doing, too. Um, real quick, uh, you know, we can hit on Khalil Watson if you'd like to. And then we can talk about Will Henry and kind of what we expect his role to be with in Pittsburgh. And of course, you know, the question everybody's asking, how soon do we see him get to the bigs? Um, but first, you know, talk about Khalil Watson and, and anything else you're looking at in the rest of this first round. Yeah, so Khalil Watson, he's another interesting case of a guy who, you know, and they said it on um, one of the draft shows tonight that there was talks he could go one to the Pirates at a, at a very nice discount, but, you know, it's a similar philosophy to what they did with Davis. Now, and that's my point, the difference for Charrington is he's going to say, okay, like if I can get them for the same price and I like Davis's bat more, like I'm going Davis because he's – He's a college player. I know him better as as what he's going to mature into. Anyhow, not to get away from Watson, it was surprising to see him the fall of 16. That the Marlins, um, Jeff Passan mentioned that he thought his slide could end with the Marlins. So I do wonder, you know, how much maybe once again, maybe there is some work behind the scenes there. Um, he is from North Carolina, so not far from Miami. So I'm sure they got a good chance to really scout him especially, you know, in a year where travel restrictions and everything were so much. So it was probably easier for them to get up to North Carolina, watch him play. They probably have a very good relationship with him. I'm thinking that was one of those where he was, he wanted to go to Miami. They get, they were going to give him the money he wanted. And he was probably simply just telling teams no, unless they were going to give him, you know, significantly more, to what he was looking for. Yeah. Give him the Anthony Alford treatment. Tomorrow, Nick, it's going to go all the way to round 10. The Pirates 
have five picks within that top 100. Crazy to think about. We projected the 37th and the 64th this past week. But, you know, obviously, now that we see names on the board, a lot of that's going to change. What do you see happening with number 37, 64, and, you know, tomorrow uh, on draft day as we record this here on Sunday night? Yeah, I think I mean it's it's a very exciting day tomorrow. Like they I think their fifth pick is at 102 actually. So not, oh, not okay. right top to but pretty close, right? Yeah. So overall they have a chance to add, you know, five top 100 if not higher uh talents from this draft class and taking Henry Davis uh, first overall is going to allow them to really manipulate those picks and figure out, you know, the best prospect they can get at each one because they're going to have some money to spend. I do expect them to sprinkle in a college player there. Um, Cause once again, I, you know, if you're looking at five picks in the top one Oh two, if you go two college guys, three high school guys, three college guys, two high school guys, that's kind of where I'm at. I think we'll see somewhere, you know, a, a pretty even split. I think you'll see that, like I said, college, depending on how much money they feel like they maybe need to save. Um, one guy, you know, I'm really hoping maybe that they can grab tomorrow. Still is the Alabama pitcher, Dylan Smith. I think um, everything I heard though is his arrow is up. There was some belief he could sneak into uh, today. So uh, the first day of the draft, I should say. So I'm, I'm a little nervous about that, but if not, I would love to see them grab him at 37, um, pair him with, uh, Davis and you got two really, really nice college prospects and you can really then get creative with the high school picks after that. Um, if not, you know, I, I can see the the prep pick at 37 also, just cause you know, that they, they get the first pick tomorrow or on day two, I keep, you know, our days are good. No, you're but, good. You're good. We, yeah. uh, we record at weird times. This one, we're uh, going to release it tonight on Sunday night, night one of the draft. We appreciate you guys yeah. checking it out. If you're listening on Monday, you're welcome here too. Uh, you know, it's so still. I should say on Monday. On Monday, yes. they have the first pick. Okay, yes, so on Monday. Yeah. They get to take the best player available. If they know what kind of money they're saving with Davis, I mean, you know. We'll know in a couple hours here who's going to be available tomorrow. I'm excited about the potential of the pick. Um, tomorrow is a very another very good day. Uh, I don't want to belittle the first pick at all because Henry Davis, I think, can be a very good part of this organization going forward. But I think those those four other picks inside the top 102 that that's very they need to be looked at just as intently as Davis. It's crucial, Nick. And, you know, I'll say it if you don't want to. Tomorrow might be more important than today was. And, you know, you look at last year, Carmen Majinski, you know, guys like that. I mean, these, these are guys. you're looking at two yeah, guys exactly. who are creeping up to top 100 prospects that has 50 future value. And yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. It's I'm not trying to say the number one pick. Obviously, we want that guy to be our franchise yeah. player. Right. But like. That's not what's going to make the Pittsburgh Pirates work. That's not what makes the Tampa Bay Rays work, right? It's it's getting that being smart with your draft capital and, you know, finding that upside with those other picks. And I'm yeah. very – I think Ben, Char- ben Charrington, he, he obviously, um, you know, has a plan set up, so – yeah, and that's, you know, you realize that when you see Henry Davis get taken off the board, they're going to strategize this out, and that almost is what makes tomorrow more important, what they did with tonight. 
taking yeah. that guy under slot I and agree. you know now that's having the money. That's a great um, way. To You're right. But you know, it's going to be a great day tomorrow. Henry Davis taken tonight at number one overall. Nick Timeline was a big. Big worry question brought up in this whole process. And, you know, the fact that, well, you can get lighter to the bigs maybe faster than you could a Meyer. You got a college hitter now. That's, you know, probably one of the fastest guys you can get up to the bigs. When do we see him in Pittsburgh? And, you know, what role um, does he take on immediately? Is he your full-time catcher from the get-go? Yeah, so that's the tough thing. It's, you know, is he going to be a catcher? If he's going to be a catcher, it's going to take him a little longer. And that's that's why I'm not sure. You know, we've seen it in the past – Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwerber, uh, you know, top top picks who were catchers, but their bats were considered to be so advanced and they weren't considered to be good enough behind the plate that it wasn't worth, for lack of a better word, wasting development time spending on them behind the plate and kind of putting them a year or two behind when they could be, you know, really stepping up that offensive projection, taking it to the next level and still playing adequate defense somewhere else in the field. I keep telling people this. When they drafted Henry Davis, they were drafting the bat. Okay, if he can catch, it's going to be great. If he can't, he'll DH. He'll play first, maybe right field. Okay, I would say third, but we're hoping that's not the case because we're hoping Hayes is still locked in there. So he has a cannon arm. He has a 70-grade arm, so that's – going to allow him to maybe play in a corner, but it's about the bat. If he's hitting 280, 290, 300 with 30, 35 plus homers a year, who cares what position he's playing? Um, And that's the difference. And that's why they're going to save money on him over a shortstop. So if they decide that, Hey, next year we're looking at a potential universal DH, like we want to get him in here and we want to get him playing, you know, first base, right field, and we'll allow him the DH and we'll kind of just see where it goes from there. That's great. And I think that will allow him to move quick. And I think you're looking at a timeline of potentially 2023, which is exactly what as a Pirate fan you would want to hear. I know Ben Charrington said that wasn't going to play into her decision and I'm sure it didn't, but you know, drafting a college player, like, you know, two, three years at, at most three years, you're hoping, I mean, if they're producing, it can be a year, you know, but I, I don't think the Pirates are in that situation to rush him. So I think 2023 is definitely realistic for him to come up. Yeah, I mean, now, if he's at the-, the plate, I mean, you know, we, we might be pushing then yeah, 2024. And that's fair. You know, you gotta, you gotta play it by year, especially with number one overall, you don't want to rush him. Uh, but, you know, you see guys like Nick Gonzalez. Uh, they drafted number seven overall last year. He's kind of already knocking on the door. That could be the case here. We're going to, you know, play it by ear and still waiting on even the official contract. That's that's going to bring us a lot more information on day one as well. But, Nick, your final thoughts as we wrap it up here. The Pirates, this number one pick, it's finally behind us. Crazy to think about. You know, I, I don't think it was, like I said, it wasn't the flashy pick. It wasn't the pick that was going to get people to jump out of their seats. And I don't think it – is for a lack of the player. I think it's for a lack of the information and knowledge about, about Davis. I think he, you know, like I said, he's, he's ranked right there with, with the other hitters in this draft. You're looking at a college player that is, you know, almost 22 years old. So 
Ben Charrington really believes that he has an idea of what kind of player he's going to be, you know, at 25 at this point compared to maybe an 18 year old shortstop. So I think it's a little bit of a safe pick. And, but I still think that, you know, you're looking at future middle lineup impact bat. And at the end of the day, if he turns out to that, it doesn't matter what, um, you know, some of the other guys might have turned into that they passed on as long as they get a guy who, you know, is an all-star and I, you know, I think he has that offensive upside. I think he does too. He was taking a number one overall today. You don't take a guy number one overall if you don't believe he has the tools that it takes to perform at the big league level and be that perennial all star. Ben Sherrington's not doing that. No, not Ben Sherrington at least. He doesn't have, he doesn't have those World Series rings for nothing. So no, exactly. It's, it's just been so strategic so far. We see the strategy with pick number one again today. It leads us to some strategy tomorrow as well with. The rest of, uh, you know, rounds two through ten. It's going to be fun to watch. Like I said, we'll be back tomorrow night to recap that, tell you about what the Pirates did, and break that down for you as well. But until then, my name is Trey Anthony for Nick Caparoso. This has been a breaking news update on Rum Buncher Radio. Have a great night, everybody. Let's go Bucks. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.